Well, hey, I want to welcome you and wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. Um, I am thrilled that you would come and spend your Christmas Eve uh, with us. Uh, my name is Ken. I'm one of the pastors here at First Christian Church. And um, whether you're here in the room or I know we have lots of people watching uh, online with us uh, this evening, we're glad that you're here. And um, it, we're, we're just excited about what Christmas means. And here at MPFCC, there's one thing I can tell you about Christmas. We believe. We, we believe in Christmas. We believe in the message. And now this is one of my favorite moments. One of my favorite moments all year. Not, not just a favorite day and not just a favorite time because I get to be up on stage talking, which I know some of you that know me think like that's what I live for. But the reality is, is I, I love this moment because all the shopping's done. I know there's a few of you that uh, are, are just hoping that the liver guy shows up tonight. But the decorating is done, the planning is all over, and, and there might be a little bit of gift wrapping and a little bit of cooking left to do, but for a few moments tonight, we can pause and, and we can take these few moments to reflect on the real meaning of Christmas. It, it seems that that the whole world pauses in, in this moment. That we join billions of people that on Christmas Eve gather together and, and rethink about what God did 2,000 years ago in a stable outside of Bethlehem. That, that we take a few minutes and, and we realize that God came near to us. And for a few minutes, I think we can, we can almost feel the peace lingering in the air. I know that's my favorite part of this evening. I know some of you maybe were rush, rush, rush until you got here, right? How many of you, that was your, your story, right? I, I, I'll be really honest, so, so was mine. It was rushing, it was busy, lots of things happening. But in this moment, we, we can just breathe in the peace. And it's the peace that, that Jesus came to bring us at Christmas, you know, I, I believe that there's something in me and there's something in you that knows deep down inside that this moment, that this story, that the story of Jesus' birth, it's not just real, it changes everything if we'll believe it. And that's the most important part about tonight. Now, there's lots of holiday traditions, and, and it's always fun to talk about some of those and get to know the people who are in the room, um, you know, and, and so there's all these things that happen. I mean, it starts, you know, early on in the Christmas season. We start to prepare ourselves. We start to ramp up, and we get out decorations, and we get the tree, and everybody has disagreements. I mean, there's the real tree people and the fake tree people, right? How many of you are real tree people? Yeah, be proud, right, right? How many of you are fake tree people? All right, yeah, be, be proud as well, right? Okay, like, yeah, it seems like it's a half and half thing, which, which makes sense because I realized today while I was driving over here that we have both a real tree and a fake tree at our house, you know, so, so we're, we're like, you know, playing out on both, the, uh, both ways there. But, but there's all kinds of things that we make decisions about. And, and, and so, you know, I was, I was talking to, to Brenda about the, the real tree. We, we've always gotten a real tree. And, and for me, it's always one of those things, and I, I always say this every year, well, I want the real tree because it smells so good. And it does for the one day. We get it in a house, it smells like, you know, Christmas tree for a day. And then for some reason, the candles and stuff in the house smell stronger than the Christmas tree. 
right? Uh, and, and the Christmas trees are getting so expensive, we're like, man, maybe, maybe we need to think about getting the fake one. Um, then there's all kinds of different things. There's all these different um, uh, traditions about decorating and decorating trees. You know, it was funny. My, my wife's family, they had this tradition um, that, that I never quite understood, but they wouldn't even have a Christmas tree until Christmas Eve after the kids all went to bed. And, um, and then when they had their Christmas tree, when they woke up in the morning, there's a Christmas tree, it had these, this tinsel. Anybody remember tinsel? Right? But theirs was not ordinary tinsel. Theirs was like this tinsel that came, I, I, it was like from Germany or Austria or somewhere, it came over, right? And this stuff weighed a ton. It was like weighing the branches down. It was just this big, thick metal tinsel thing. And, and because it was such a kind of keepsake in the family, that what they would do is when it was time to put, take the tree down, they would have to take each piece individually. One of the first years that Brenda and I were dating, I had to go help take tinsel off the tree. And you had to take each individual piece off and lay it over this like cardboard thing so that it was ready for next year, right? Everybody's got crazy different things about Christmas. I mean, there's special goodies and cookies and things like that. I hope you got all of yours this year. Then there's the Christmas movies, right? I mean, so I was thinking about all the different Christmas movies. Um, how many of you are It's a Wonderful Life people? Anybody It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, okay, good. How, how many, anybody, uh, Miracle on 34th Street people? Yeah? Got, oh, Brenda, oh yeah. We, we, watch, we hadn't watched it in years, we watched it the other night, and we're like, oh yeah, I remember how much I love this movie. Um, how about, um, is there anyone in the room that's the Santa Claus, Tim Allen movie, any, any, any of you? Yeah, yeah, love Tim Allen and the Santa Claus. It's always a, it's always a must at Christmas time. Um, Polar Express, how many, yeah, all, all, yeah, a lot of the young ones, right? Polar Express. Um, how, how about Die Hard? Like, and like I said a, a while back in our Christmas series, uh, come on, let's just be real. Die Hard is not really a Christmas movie, right? You, you can fool yourself all you want, but it, yeah, it doesn't quite. Um, uh, so how about, okay, what about White Christmas and Holiday Inn? Yeah, yeah. I, I always have trouble remembering, we were having this talk, a conversation last night, which one's which, right? I mean, I always get the two confused. And, and then there's, um, but then there's, okay, so one of my favorite movies and this is kind of funny. You might laugh when you, when you hear this. One of my favorite Christmas movies, anybody remember the movie Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad? Right? Yeah? Okay. Like, for those of you who haven't seen it, okay, and, and I'll explain. Let me explain here so, you know, so you don't judge me too harshly. So it, it's this story about Arnold Schwarzenegger is this dad, super busy, you know, trying to be successful in his business, working all the time, working, 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 and around the Christmas season, he's just working, working, and, you know, last minute thing, trying to get stuff, and, and the, the, one of the opening scenes is, you know, his wife is saying, did you get it, did you get it, right? And, and the whole idea was, did he get the gift that the kid wanted that year? You guys all know that there's every, you know, every year there's like trendy gifts, right? Remember, how many of you, Tickle Me Elmo, that was a thing, Cabbage Patch Dolls, that was a thing, Right? And, and then it was like whatever new Xbox thing that was like the hot ticket item and you couldn't find them in the store. And then there was the iPod. I actually have one right down here that I, I forgot to bring up here with me, but it, it is one of the original iPods. Somebody just told me it's worth a bunch of money. I, I, I'm glad I kept it, right? But, and it actually still works. But, and then it was um, I whatever right? It was like any I thing, uh, all the technology and things like that. That was just always a thing. And so what happens in the movie 
is the dad, he forgets to get the gift, and now you can't find him, and there's this one that's going to get like, you know, kind of given away at a toy store, and long story short, through a weird chain of events, uh, these two characters are fighting over this thing the whole movie along. And finally, towards the end of the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets thrown into this thing where he becomes the superhero, Turbo Man, right? And then because he's in the parade and he is Turbo Man, they give him the Turbo Man thing and he's able to give it to his child. But through the movie, what they realize is that the gift isn't what's most important. And and his son, who knows that the other child, this Sinbad character's son, really wants the gift, he ends up giving him the gift. And in this very touching moment, they realize together that, it's, that the gift isn't the most important thing, it's that they are together. And what it tells me, because a pastor is always looking for good sermon illustrations, right? The whole idea of, this, of the movie is this. It, it demonstrates the lengths to which a father will go to love and be with his child. And I'm like, that will preach, Right? the lengths to which a father will go to love and to be with their child. And that's really, at the end of the day, a lot about what the the Christmas story is all about. I mean, some of us have Christmas Eve traditions as well. One of ours is every Christmas Eve we get together, we read the story of Christmas from the Bible, and then we read the night before Christmas. Still do it, okay? We'll do it tonight before we go to bed. Um, Then there was always that we got to open one gift on Christmas Eve. How many of you kind of do that one? No? Are we the only ones? Some of you? Like, and, but the one gift always was pajamas. And your mom said, here, you know, you got to open this gift. And it was always pajamas. And what I always hated about that was it was always brand new pajamas. They hadn't been washed. They're itchy and they're stiff. And you're like, you know, and you're like, I don't want to wear the new pajamas. And mom's like, you have to wear no Christmas presents. And, you know, so I have bad memories, you know, about that whole thing. Um, but, but then there's, the, there's Christmas dinner. I mean, how many of you do have a very traditional Christmas Eve, like dinner thing you do? It's, how many of you do the traditional Chinese food, right? Yeah, that, yeah movie thing because of the movies, right? And then, but our, ours is chili spaghetti. It's just something that happened in the family, and we'll have that tonight. But then, you know, there's all these other things about Christmas. And Brenda and I were talking about our favorite Christmas gift. And think for a minute about, like, whether it's as a kid or, you know, when you were younger. What, like, what was, the, what was the best gift you ever received at Christmas? What's your favorite thing, the one that just pops out into your mind? And, and, and for me, I, it was kind of a toss-up. Um, for me, I, I had two. The first was um, uh, when I was, like, nine years old, I got, I got a mini bike, right? And I have a picture of it. That was actually at the Honda, this little Honda 50 mini bike, right? And, um, and that was amazing. I was so excited when I got it that my dad had tied a ribbon from the Christmas tree over to the mini bike that was over, uh, out and around through the kitchen and into the laundry room. And I was so excited when I saw it that I actually jumped on it, started it up, rode it through the laundry room, through the kitchen, through the living room, and towards the front door, right? With my parents both screaming and yelling at me, you know? And, and some of you who know me are like, yeah, you're not surprised, right? The other toss-up toss thing was something that I found recently. We were at my mom's house, and we were cleaning up. And I was cleaning up in the garage, and I found um, my Red Rider BB gun. And this is like a legit, this is like 46 years old, and it still works. Now, I know some of you are like, did he really just bring a weapon into church? I'm like, it's a BB gun, right? I mean, the worst you can do from what I hear is shoot your eye out. So I don't know, so... 
right? Look, it's still got cobwebs on it, right? So, um, but, but Christmas gifts, Christmas gifts are, are, are always something that, that we look forward to every, I'm going to go put this down, I'm going to hide it so that we don't, yeah, all right, there we go. Um, but today, today, do you know, you know what, the, what the most given gift at Christmas is today? T- take a guess. What, what's the most given gift at Christmas every year right now? Yes, gift cards. How many of you bought at least one gift card? All right. Yeah, no? Okay. Yeah, some of you are like, yes, we're not doing, you know, okay. But, but gift cards are the most given gift at Christmas in the United States. Um, and one of the reasons is because um, because. The people that you know have everything, right? And you're like, I don't know what to get them. So now they can pick their own gift out. I mean, because that way, if I get them something they don't like it, um, you know, that's one thing. If, if they pick it out and they don't like it, if they, if they pick something that's wrong, then that's their, that's their problem, right? Um, or maybe you want to give them an experience. Like you get gift cards for like spa day. You can even get airline tickets so they can go somewhere. You have all these different things and you can give them an experience. Why do you give them an experience? Because they have everything already, right? And that's kind of part of our culture. Now, here's the thing. How, how many of you tonight, if you were really honest, either in your purse or your wallet, you, you have a gift card on your, on your person tonight? Anybody? Raise your hands high. Let's, say, let's take a look. Yeah, see? Because all of us have these things. How many of you have a gift card that's only partially used, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I have gift cards. I actually looked, I have gift cards. I have a Home Depot gift card, I have a Visa gift card, and I have two Ragamuffin Coffee gift cards, right, which is like gold around here, so like, um, and, and most of them are partially used. And, and what, what I read, this is really interesting, I read this last week, that Americans are holding on to two Two, I'm sorry, not two, 21 billion, with a B, dollars worth of unused gift cards. Like, we, we are all holding on to that. And, and, and what's amazing is that, that I, I, I looked this up, the, the, the balance, if the balance of a gift card is under $10, is $10 or under, um, it, now in California, they have to give you the cash. So go cash those babies in, Right? <laughs> Because the retailers are just banking on the reality that you will lose it, right? Or that it's, it's somewhere in a drawer or it's in that abyss place between your driver's seat and the console, you know, where everything goes to, to get lost, right? And they're, they're banking on the fact that you won't cash in on that. Somebody who, who I know knows this um, did some research on it and said that at Christmas time this year, um, Starbucks sold $3 billion worth of gift cards. They're actually projecting that $2 billion of that will not get claimed. And if you have a company and you have $2 billion of floating asset out there, that, that's pretty crazy. So they're banking on the fact that you won't cash in, Right? Americans will spend uh, $960 billion on Christmas this year, almost a trillion dollars, and why? Why do we do all this? Well, because I think at the end of the day, Christmas is still all about giving. It really is. It always has been. And the story of the first Christmas is all about giving as well. Uh, Certainly, there were the wise men. Right, who came from afar and they gave their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
But they weren't the first ones to give in the Christmas story. Because the most important gift was the one that our Heavenly Father gave us at Christmas. In John 3.16, the, the most popular verse in all the Bible, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And what did he give? He gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. The greatest Christmas gift of all has always been and always will be Jesus. Our Heavenly Father knew exactly what we needed. And every single one of us needed it and we still need it today. We need him. We need his presence We need his forgiveness. We need his salvation. Left to our own, we are all lost and we need salvation. Now you might ask, what what do I need saving from? Well, it's all right there in the first Christmas story. It starts off, um, a lot of times we read Luke chapter 2. This year we're going to focus on Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to read parts of the Christmas story to understand, like, what did we really need saving from? It starts in Matthew chapter 1, starts in verse 18, and it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Back in this time, um, engagement was just as binding as marriage, and so you had to go through a process to break off an engagement. And, and he, you know, Mary comes to him and says, hey, I'm expecting... And by the way, it's from the Holy Spirit, and you know, Joseph's first response is, yeah, right. I mean, think about it. That's, I mean, what a lot of our responses would be, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, right. And we know that that's the case, because he's thinking about divorcing her. He's like, how how am I going to break this off? How am I going to take care of this horrible situation? And, and, And if this Christmas story teaches us anything, it teaches us that God is at work, even in the midst of the most difficult situations, even when things seem to be going at their worst, even when life is definitely not going the way you thought it ought to go, God is working everything out for our good and for his glory, because that's what he does. The story goes on in verse 20, but after he, as Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now here's why we need saving. Because he will save his people from their sins. All of us have sinned. The Bible teaches us, and I think life confirms that all of us have sinned. How, how many of you know that that's true? Right? How many of you know that the people you're sitting with, they've sinned too? How many of you know that your kids sin on a regular basis? Right? And the parent and the kids know that mom and dad do too. So sin, sin brings separation between us and God. Sin brings separation, division, hate, fear, anxiety, pain, suffering, confusion, If you've ever experienced any of those things, they're the result of sin in our world that is broken down relationship between us and God and others. And we experience this in all kinds of ways. But Jesus came to change all that. The reality is because of all sin, I mean, let's be honest, we all deserve lumps of coal in our stocking, right? 
But how many of you ever actually got one? Not very many of us. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think that there's something deep down inside of us that has a, we have kind of this idea of grace, this idea of the grace of God. You know why I know that's true? Because if we never understood really or had an inclination about what grace is all about, I would have gotten a lump of stocking, a lump of coal in my stocking pretty much every year when I was a kid. I mean, parents, think about it. Think about like how much you would really love to give your kid a lump of coal. But then you don't because you love them. And even though they've acted up and they've done things that are wrong, you still want to forgive them. You still want to show your love for them. And that's exactly what God did. You know, what we call choice, what we call freedom, what we call my truth, God calls sin. When we use those things, it tells God that we like the idea of God and what he might be able to do for us, but thank you very much, I think I'll be in control. And we think we know what's best, but our actions and the realities of life prove that we don't. But Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, the Bible says. In John 3.17, the verse right after John 3.16 says, God did not send his son into the world, what we celebrate at Christmas, right? To condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus came to save the world from all that stuff, from all that mess. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world at all. You know why? It already was. Jesus didn't have to come to condemn it. It was already falling apart. It was already a mess because people were hating each other and killing one another, and there was all this mess that was already going on. Jesus could have not come, and we, already, and we would have been condemned. But Jesus came instead so that we wouldn't be, but the, so that we could experience salvation. Jesus came to save the world, to save us. So often people think that Jesus has come, and when Jesus comes to the picture, we think Jesus is going to take something from us. But that's the furthest thing from the truth. Jesus doesn't want to take anything from you. He wants to give everything to you. And the only thing that he came to take away is our sin. You know, the greatest gift of Christmas is the forgiveness and salvation that Jesus brings. He forgives us even when we seem unforgivable. And that's what grace is all about. You know, he did this because he wants to be with us. That's what the Christmas story tells us. Look in, look in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 22 again. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. All God ever wanted was to be with us. That's why he created us. All God ever wanted to do is show his love for us and for us to love him back. You know, I, God just wants to be with us. You know, there's, there's different stages of Christmas in, in the human life. Now, let's see if you, if you can follow me with this. Um, the first stage, uh, and it's, it's really what's most important about Christmas in, in, in our lives. The first stage of what's most important about Christmas is what we get from Christmas, Right? I mean, there's a lot of kids in the room tonight that are super excited that they'll hardly sleep tonight because they're excited about tomorrow morning ripping open some presents, right? 
All the kids, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're a kid, man, it is, it's all about what you're getting for Christmas. I mean, that, that's just true. And, and I, I had this whole long section written, but I didn't want to go too long about how, like, we're the children of God, right? We should be excited to rip open the gifts that God gives us. And, um, and God wants to give us gifts, right? But, but the kids, when you're a kid, man, it's all about what you get for Christmas. Then things transition, you know, I, I always say it's somewhere, usually it's somewhere like in your, like, maybe later 30s-ish or something, and, and, and 40s. You, you, it starts to transition from what you get to what you give. Because think about it, those of you who are parents in the room, are, are, you, you get excited about giving your kids gifts. You get excited. I mean, I remember how excited my dad was even though he knew the possibilities of giving me a BB gun or a mini bike. But he was so excited to give it to me, right? And, and as you grow, like, you're like so excited to give the gifts. So the, the first stage is it's about what you get. The second stage is all about what you give. But then there's another stage. And it's the stage that all of a sudden I find myself in. The stages over the last couple of years, I realized this is what is most important to me at Christmas. It's not, the, it's not what I get. I tell Brennan, I'm like, I don't really need anything. It's not even about what I give, even though I continually get in trouble because I can't go to the store and not come home with something for the grandchildren. Right? Brenda's like, stop buying the stuff for the grandkids. I'm like, I can't help it, right? This stage is different because this stage is not about what I get and it's not about what I give. It's about who you will be with at Christmas. And those of you, you know, I think that hits us somewhere like, you know, in our 50s or so, that all of a sudden it's just all about who you're gonna be with. Like that is the most important part about Christmas. And why? Because that's the way it's always been. God's always wanted to be with us. And that's why Christmas exists. People will go to great lengths to get home to the people that they love at Christmas. Some of you did. So some of you traveled a long ways to sit in this room tonight, right? I mean, some of you, some of you drove a long ways, right? Some, some of you, you know, some of you went over the river and through the airports to, to get here tonight. You know, but this is the story of Christmas, that God wanted to be with us so much that he left the throne of heaven. I mean, you think you traveled a long ways? That he left the throne of heaven, he went through the pain of childbirth, and he was born in a cold, smelly stable to a poor peasant girl, and he took the lowest position possible on earth. Why? to show us, to show you, to show me that there was nowhere he would not go and there was nothing he would not do to show you how much he loves you and how much he longs to be with you. And because the pain of the thought of an eternity without you was greater than the pain of coming to earth and the pain of a Roman cross, he came. 
He came on that Christmas night so long ago. He came for you. He came for me. To save us from our sin and to be with us so that we could be with him forever. You know, God loves us even when we're a mess. The one thing the Bible teaches is that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He wants to forgive us even when we, again, think we're unforgivable. I mean, he says that we're worthy when we feel worthless. He, He calls you his child when you just don't think you belong anywhere. He wants to give you a future when you don't know if you can make it through today. He created you, he loves you, he died for you, he forgives you, he saves you, accepts you, he wants to empower you, protect you, provide for you, and guide you. He wants to be with you always. All you need to do is believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. All you need to do is accept God's gift. Open it. We don't want to treat God's gift like we treat all those gift cards. I mean, think about it. God already purchased your salvation. God already paid the price The price for your salvation, the price to forgive your sins, the price for you to have eternal life in heaven, the price has already been paid. The question is, is that sitting somewhere in your nightstand? Have you forgotten about it or maybe lost it along the way? The good news is, is that Jesus continues to come to be with us. God already purchased your salvation. He purchased your eternity. Don't let it go unused. That's why we celebrate Christmas. I think the the power and the glory of Christmas is in the realization every year that God has come for us. Now, some of you have been um, with us over the last several weeks here at church. Some of you, maybe you haven't been, but... um, and, and some of you got your, your Christmas bag with all the little goodies in it. Um, there, there's little pieces that each week um, we've been talking about all these different gifts that Jesus has brought us. The gift of his presence, the gift of his peace, the gift of his power, and the gift of his promise. And we've been talking about those. And we've been coming up with ways that we see those gifts at work, but also ways in which we are going to give those back to him. And so what we've got in, in our little box, now if you haven't been with us, no need to worry. Um, I think we still have some out in the lobby and we would love to have you, we, we don't want to have any of them left over, so please um, take those. You just look at how many people will be in your home and you take an, uh, the, the bag accordingly. And take it home and then tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, and there should be, uh, if you don't have one of these, someone will give me one of these on the way out tonight. Um, it's a little thing so that you can watch our Christmas special at home. That way you can kind of do whatever you need to in your schedule and things with the kids or with the family or even if you're by yourself. Um, and, and then grab, get, get your bag and your, your gift box, kind of show you like this together. And tomorrow morning, 
as you're watching together, we'll open those things and we'll put this whole thing, we'll kind of culminate this whole thing and put the whole thing together. Again, don't worry if you haven't been with us. Take one anyways. Watch the thing online. You'll understand it. It'll, we hope it makes sense. Um, we had a lot of fun making it, so we hope you have a lot of fun doing it. And so, um, but the whole idea is that we want to take this time, these moments, to reflect on why Christmas is so important, on, on the power, the glory of Christmas that Jesus would come for us. And he's still, he's still knocking on the door of every heart, hoping that we will let him in. And he loved us so much and wanted to be with us so much that he not only came, he was not only born and placed in that little manger that we celebrate, but he died a, a brutal death so that our sins could be forgiven, to pay the price for our sin that we could not pay. And he took it upon himself. And so every year at Christmas Eve, we celebrate communion. I'm going to give you a little instruction about how we're going to do that tonight. Um, we, we've got uh, the folks who are going to move the tables, you can go ahead and do that now. Um, we're going to bring some of these tables out and... Uh, what we'd love for you to do is just to think about the gift of Jesus, the gift of Christmas. And, and then when you're ready, then, then come on forward and, and you can take the communion. Um, there's um, the cups of juice that represent Jesus' shed blood and the little piece of bread that reminds us of Jesus' broken body. Um, we're, we're kind of doing it this way. Um, if, if you're still a little bit concerned about any health things and you want to just grab one of these little sealed ones, you can grab one out of there as well. These are available for you too. And, and, and together, let's remember what sacrifice Jesus made for us. Because the reason that he came was so that he could pay that price so that we could live with him forever. And then after you, when you're ready, come up. I, I'd encourage you to come up as a family. Um, take it together. And, and then make sure um, for, for our last closing song that you grab one of these little candle things and um, you turn it on underneath. I know we're high tech here. So, um, and just hold on to that and wait to turn it on until till Devin lets you know to do that. But we're just glad that you're here tonight to pause with us and to reflect and remember how much Jesus loves us how much he wants to be with us. And so our prayer is that not only does he want to be with us, but that you want to be with him. So spend this time with him. Enjoy it. Breathe it in. Experience his presence, his peace. Know that he wants to empower you and he's got incredible promises for an everlasting life. And so think about those things as you prepare to come and commune. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Christmas. God, I thank you again for the incredible display of power that it took for you to take on flesh. And that, Father, you, you displayed your love in so many incredible ways. And, and your son Jesus, as he grew, he demonstrated to us what it looked like to live a life completely surrendered to your will a life that loved you and loved others perfectly. And so, Father, help us to do the same. 
And so, Father, I, I pray tonight for each individual that's here that, Lord God, they would just feel and experience, encounter your presence, and be able to respond to you and accept the gift of Jesus that you've given. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.